In March of 2020, right as the global shutdown occurred when COVID-19 began spreading like wildfire, Manu Hexpor embarked on an unexpected journey. Trapped in her house in Beirut, Manu and her husband had a spark of an idea that spread almost as fast as the virus did. They began documenting playful and elaborate experiences inside their home through a 60-day photo experiment that literally went viral on social media. They traveled on safari, went fishing, took to the beach, and she even channeled her inner Jean Kelly and went singing in the rain. Through these incredible photos, Manu tapped into something she calls practical imagination. After all, all of these grand experiences were taking place right inside her living room in the middle of a global pandemic. This incredible journey is now being released as a book documenting Manu's journey as the Quarantine Queen. This is my second time interviewing Manu. The first time took place in April when I invited her to join me via Facebook Live right as these photos were beginning to gain traction on social media. Sitting down with her again for this podcast interview, I couldn't help but notice how Manu had such insight into the real deep meaning this photo project held for so many people, including herself. Her goal is to teach joy through the extraordinary and challenging times. So lean in and listen to find some joy for yourself today on the Inside Story podcast with the quarantine queen, Manu Hexpor. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Manu, welcome, welcome, welcome all the way from Beirut. Is that right? Coming in from Beirut to join us for the Inside Story podcast. Welcome, Manu Hexpor. Thank you very much, April. Really great being with you again and uh, to have this opportunity to talk about Quarantine Queen. I know. I just, I love this so much and I've, I've so enjoyed this past year, this crazy wild year that we've been on. I have so enjoyed following you and seeing how you've just continued to, um, to allow this story to unfold, which is a story we're going to talk about today about the quarantine queen and how you really did become the quarantine queen during quarantine um, and how you really infused so much joy into a situation and a time in our lives that didn't feel like it had a whole lot of joy in it. So I'm really grateful for you to be on the podcast today to share 
this piece of your story and to um, really introduce you more to to my audience again. So I'd love to kind of uh, start out by, you know, kind of recapping how it was that I even stumbled across you because I really did just meet you recently during during quarantine. Um, you are a certified professional coach that came out of a coaching program, IPEC, that my husband who is also a certified professional coach, uh, belongs to. So the same coaching certification program, and you all, you both belong to the same coaching community. And back, I don't know, it must have been during March or April, very early on in the quarantine period of our lives, my husband was pointing out to me, he's like, oh my gosh, you've got to check this out. There's a girl in our coaching community who is taking these really elaborate photos while being quarantined in our house and she's posting them into the community. So he pulled it up and showed me a couple of the photos. And I think that one of the first photos I saw was of you in your bathtub at home with all of this fishing gear on and you were like fishing for the rubber duckies in your bathtub and all these other like little trinkets that you had around. And it was so creative. And so I immediately looked you up and, and, and started following you on Instagram. When I went over to your Instagram page, I saw where there were many more photos like that, very creative photos that you were creating from your imagination while being literally locked inside of your house. And I reached out to you, I think almost immediately and asked if you would come and do an interview with me, which, which you did, didn't, didn't know me, but we did a Facebook live and you came and shared that story with us. So I kind of want to pick that up. Let's talk about what you were doing when quarantine happened and how this, this idea of taking to social media and creating these photos, it seemed like you were documenting almost one photo a day or every, every other day pretty regularly and coming up with the craziest ideas and share some of those, um, those ideas with us. So how did that all come about? Yes. Thank you for the introduction. So what actually really happened is that our lockdown in Lebanon started on uh, March 21. And March 21 Mm -hmm. is Mother's Day in Lebanon. And in that week, we heard the airport is closing. I was supposed to fly out to see my son. A lot happened at the same time. And so much insecurity. And none of us really knew where this was going. We still don't. Like There was quite all new at that time. So it was Mother's Day, it was a Saturday, and I found myself asking myself, you know, what am I going to do? Like, we have no family at home, usually also family of my husband. We all share, we're really close in sharing holidays or special days together. And I don't know exactly where the initial idea came from, but I said, you know what, instead of like sulking over this, I'm going to create a flamboyant picture of myself celebrating my Mother's Day alone. And I went to my closet and picked out a dress that I actually wore during a dinner with the Indonesian president and his cabinet a few years before on a business trip um, uh, with my husband. And and I just put on that dress and I walked into the living room and my husband was looking at me like, where are you going? (laughs) Like this morning, like what's the plan here? So I'm celebrating Mother's Day. And I took all these vintage cups and and plates out of the closet and I just dressed myself with these cups around me. That was the first picture. And I posted that on social media saying, you know what, you know, Mother's Day alone. And I had my sunglasses on inside. It was a really funny picture. 
So that was the first picture. And there was no real intention of like making this project. But what happened is the next day, because people were so like responding to the picture and I got really inspired, I decided to take to take another one. And that became the one on the balcony where I'm on a safari with myself between my own plants. And then by Monday, people were asking, where's the next picture? And that was like, oh, really? I didn't really anticipate that. So we decided, why not? And eventually it became a daily picture for 60 days. And we were actually quarantined for 60 days together at home. Um, and that's, that's how this happened. It was just because of the response and the joy that it brought us, obviously. Like it was the first thing we opened our eyes. It was the first thing we were talking about. Right. Starting to plan, like, what are we going to do today? I can imagine that that did bring about a lot of joy just internally in your home between you and your husband to tap into your own creativity. And this is something that you, you've talked about since then on your social media is this, this concept of practical imagination and what unfolds when we tap into our creativity and the things that we can imagine if we just sort of give ourselves a little bit of space? Well, how do you define practical imagination? How did that term come about? Yes. So how that term came about is that at one point, somebody asked me, like, what is this for you? And I had to think about that because it started somehow as, you know, just fun and having fun. But I realized it was really about being able to imagine something, a feeling, an experience, and then using your practical skills to actually bring that about or make that happen. And that's where the term practical imagination comes from. Because we are, you know, even when we vision things or even when we meditate, visioning and imagination are such a like dreamy world or as if they are not here and now. And I realized there's so much power in bringing imagination into our daily lives. And I think what happened is that I realized that a lot of the joy that we do or don't experience is also determined by what we believe is normal or not. And because we have a certain perception of what is normal, we don't even think about other options because they don't come to our minds. And I realized through this project, I had to do things like, like you said, like stand with my rain boots in my bathtub fishing for like ducks. <laughs> like who does that, right? And the one with that I'm Gene Kelly singing in the rain. I'm in my suit in my bathtub turning on the shower. And I remember holding the shower, looking at my husband, like, am I, am I actually going to do this? Like this whole suit and this necktie and this hat, like it's all going to get wet. And I realized in that moment how much even our day-to-day lives are determined by what we have learned to create as normal behavior. And that's where the practical uh, imagination concept came from, by overstepping that belief. Well, it's been something that I've noticed in my life and something that I've become very uncomfortably aware of as, and I think 2020 did this for me. Um, was realizing how little I play, how little I really give myself the the permission to just go have some fun and get the suit wet, like put on the fancy dress, you know, do the things that are not normal and just go have some fun and play and how important that play is in our lives. And I 
wholeheartedly admit that I I don't do this enough. And it's like I said, it's something that I've become pretty uncomfortably aware of <laughs> that it's a piece that is missing. You know, um, I'm trying to incorporate more and more of it. But I think that's why I personally was so attracted to to your photos and to learning more about you. And every time I saw you posting on Instagram, you know, it put a smile on my face and it made me think, you know, because it did make me kind of think what you had to do to orchestrate these photos, because these photos are very elaborate. They are phenomenal photos and they were so orchestrated and so well thought out. And it really did take you away. Like I remember one of you and your living room and you have like a blanket and it's like you're you're pretending you're at the beach and you were on a blanket and you had all these stuffed animals around and they're like at the beach with you and they've got their sunglasses on and you've got your sunglasses on and a little umbrella up to create the shade and a big lamp for the sun like you had created the lamp to be your sun and I remember looking at that going she's totally at the beach you know I could feel it brought up emotions in me of what does it feel like to be at the beach even though you were literally in your living room at your home in Lebanon which is so um, one of the things that I appreciate so much about this project that you did with these photos uh, for 60 days is that it forced us, those of us that were following you to, and this is what I love about literature too, is um, suspending the power of disbelief, you know, suspending that disbelief for just a little bit, suspending the idea that we are stuck at home, suspending that disbelief that we can't go to the beach or we can't go on safari, safari, or I'm not really Gene Kelly singing in the rain, Right. What did that do for you personally as you challenged yourself and pushed yourself every single day to create these photos and to take yourself into these imagine, imaginary situations that you recreated in a photo? Well, it, it did a few things for me. I think first and foremost, it created a completely different start of the day. There was joy from the moment we opened our eyes. My husband, would, my husband wakes up usually two hours before I do. He's an early bird, really early bird. And he would just, I can hear him walking around in the bedroom. And I know he's just coming to check, am I awake? Because he wants to talk about what we're going to do. So it really, he was ready. So first of all, it really created a different start um, of our day. It also made us realize that so much of what we think creates our realities. I remember one time during breakfast that I said to him, you know what? If we would be imagining that we're on a spaceship, and our house, our home, our apartment is actually our room, our hotel room on that spaceship. And we have to make a really long journey through space. And this is what we have. That's actually not bad space at all. That's not a, that's not a room of four by four. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great, a great space. So how does that change how we deal with that space? So I think in the moment, it brought us a lot of creative imagination. We also started doing other things because of that. So because all that creativity and stepping out of your own box came about, for example, things we started doing randomly, one of us would just turn on music during the day, random moments, and we just danced. Whether that was a slow dance or it was more like a Latin American dance, but we started doing all kinds of different things differently. So that kind of led to that. And it also made me realize, and that is maybe the bigger picture for me of this, 
is that I realized if there was one thing in my life that throughout all the different phases and situations, and I've you know, had my, my piece of uh, my share of things, and, but I think throughout everything, there was always something in me that could connect with joy. And I realized that's also the power in what I do with people to bring back joy to people's lives. And I really believe that no matter what your circumstances are, we know that sometimes life is complicated and sometimes life is difficult. And there's people who are in really complicated situations in the world. I worked with refugees who have nothing, but still you have the power of your mind and the power to use that to create certain moments. You know, joy and happiness are not a continuum of where you kind of float around in. It's the conscious creation of those moments that makes a difference. And for me, it really brought about the awareness that that's also where I make a difference to help people do that. So it brought a lot also professionally. Yeah, I was going to ask you as a professional coach, and I know that you you work with people in this arena to begin with, but how did this change or enhance or, you know, just make your coaching better the way that you reach your clients all around, you know, creating more joy for them and teaching them and helping them cultivate something similar for themselves? I think mainly because I really realized through this project that life is a playground. And that doesn't mean that always the playground is a happy place. It's always happy, clappy and positive stuff's going on. But it means that we have a certain control over the area around us and what we want to create in that. And um, I really started focusing on that with my clients more and more. Like, what does your playground look like? What do you want it to look like? What is needed to be in place to create the playground that you really desire? What do you want on your playground? Who do you want in your playground? Who do you not want in your playground? Do you want to slide? Do you want to have a swing? What is needed for that to be in your playground? So I realized that and because I work with people um, on creating healthy boundaries, so I work with a lot of people who are dealing with people-pleasing, helper kind of uh, people who are not in helper roles or you know fixing everything for everybody. And oftentimes, People who have naturally that tendency to always be there for others might struggle a lot with having their boundaries in place. And having those boundaries in place really basically is creating your playground and setting out the parameters within which you decide you want to play life. And that really came rolling out as a concept very clearly through this project. That's just so amazing how one thing kind of steamrolled into the next, which is just really how, you know, the journey of life is. I mean, it's all super connected and our stories are super connected. And I think that's one thing that people, I find in my work that people struggle with is understanding how one story connects to the other. And when you kind of take yourself out of the situation and do more of a third party view of your own experience, you can better identify those connections, how one thing leads to another. I know one of the things that this led to, and I remember when you and I were doing that Facebook Live, and this was, like I said, several months ago, this was back in March or April of 2020 when we first did that Facebook Live and, you know, just talking about the photos. At that point, that's all this was. I don't even, I guess you were already in the middle of your 60 days, um, but I remember saying to you, and you may have already had this idea planted because I know the, the the photos were getting amazing traction by your followers and new people were following you like me. 
Um, but I'm like, oh, this would be such an incredible book. And I said to you, I hope that you are documenting the story that's coming up for you while you take these photos. Like, because I could see immediately it was such a powerful piece of storytelling that you were creating every single day. And it's fun to sit here now on the podcast because you have just released a book called The Quarantine Queen, which is a documentation of the 60-day project. Tell us more about this book. I'm so excited. Okay, the book. Well, the book was an, it was an interesting journey for myself as well. Because like you, many others told me, oh, you have to put these pictures in a book. You have to put these pictures in a book. And as the year progressed, um, I, I realized that there is this book waiting for me, but also being super busy and wondering how is this going to play out and et cetera, et cetera, you know, all the questions that come with it. And I have to say, my husband really played a big role in that because he was very convinced of the book needing to come to fruition. So he kind of nudged me and at one point more than nudged me on, you know, move this forward. So I started putting it together and collecting the captions that I made with the pictures and sorting out the pictures. And I wanted to stick to the chronological order. It had to go to a designer. I had to give feedback. I had to write an introduction, which is like, you know, it's not a, a written book, which, which saves a lot of time because there's not a lot of text in the book. But it was it was an amazing, actually an amazing journey. And to also see it come to a product uh, of color, of, of togetherness. And, and I didn't realize, actually, until I had the first copy in my hands, how, how, how wonderful it feels to have all these pictures together. And they are crazy. Like, to, I've never seen a photo book with really weird pictures. Well, yeah, we have weird photography, but it's a very awkward kind of weird picture book <laughs> with a lot of fun in it so that was that was really um and i remember when we went to the printer i mean we, we went the first time that the, the document went printing we went actually to the printing house um and i was imagining in my car when we got out of the car i was imagining like all my imaginary friends right that played uh, throughout the book that they were all with me like tibbers the bear the teddy bear and jackson the swan and the little mermaid everybody was with me and in my mind i could see them all like going around in this factory and i was like you know you're absolutely bonkers like <laughs> but it was amazing because these pictures came rolling out and it was just incredible to to bring that to fruition and people were really waiting there were a lot of people waiting for the book and really like like letting me know please when it's out let us know because it's i think like you said you know it was a such a different experience from what we have gone through collectively in 2020. And for a lot of people, it was, um, it was something different. And even in that, there were very different experiences. There were people who were massively triggered by my pictures, like, like, oh my God, are you out of your mind? Like, you can't do this stuff. Like, we're suffering and you like have these ridiculously, like, privileged pictures in your house and... And th those people were there as well, and that's fine. That's their perception of, of what I'm putting out in the world. But there were also people who really connected with me and for whom it made incredible difference because they realized something about their own journey with joy and pleasure in life and, and stepping into their imagination, what they desire, who they really want to be. So it led to incredible conversations and 
there's a few that really stayed with me. There's uh, two teachers, in, in, um, one in Japan and one in Australia, who started using the pictures online in classes with their students to encourage them to create joy at home. There was a manager in Sweden who used the pictures with their team. There was you who made an amazing like uh, Sunday uh, event at the beach in your garden. That was incredible. And people who came to me afterwards as well. Yeah. Yeah. You had inspired my husband and I, you know, because of course we started following you and there was, there was a day um, this summer, I think it was, you know, probably May or June. I don't remember the exact date, but we were we were sitting around at our own house and we were thinking, you know, what would we be doing on a normal day if we weren't under siege by this virus and by this pandemic and by quarantine? And where we live in our town has two beautiful, gorgeous, pristine rivers. And it's, a, you know, it's a very relaxing thing to go and take your inner tubes out on the river and float, just float down the river, you know, get a nice cool beverage and spend the day on the water. And we were thinking this is what we would be doing today if we could. But of course, the rivers were closed and we couldn't do any of that. And so we took out our inner tubes from our garage. My husband blew them all up. It was a gorgeous day outside. We have this big backyard. And he packed a cooler and I packed the snacks. We, we packed everything just like we would normally do. We put on our swimsuits, we put on our sunglasses, we put on sunscreen <laughs> and we went out and put the inner tubes, these, you know, in our backyard on our deck. And we literally laid in there. We played, we played music. We drank beer. We ate our snacks. The kids were out there, you know, running around doing the same thing with us. And so I snapped a photo, of course, very much inspired by you, the quarantine queen. And I posted it on my social media. And then I sent you a direct message and I said, look what you've done. You've inspired us to have this type of imagination. It was so fun. It was so fun. And, you know, it really was about just sort of dreaming and taking ourselves out of a temporarily out of that mindset of like, oh, we're on lockdown or, oh, we can't go do these things. Actually, you can. You really, really can. And that's what I took away from from you and, and from what watching you do this was that we don't have to physically be somewhere to emotionally and spiritually go there. And it's so powerful to do that and to, to give yourself that gift. And, you know, I can just only imagine what a gift this has been for you to not only be the one that inspired this movement, to do it, to live it every day for 60 days and to be inspired by the creativity, but also just what it's done for other people, people like me who were inspired into action as well. Have you had a lot of um, people talking to you about just how that inspired them? And, and again, what did it do for you personally? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it did. It inspired a lot of people. And like I said, there was also people very triggered. I remember one conversation, a woman getting really pissed. But there's one picture. I created a shopping mall or a store in my dining room with my own clothes and my own shoes. And she was commenting like, oh, my God, like the world is suffering. You're going out shopping and flaunting it on like social media. Like, are you out of your mind? And I had to really bring that to the context of this is my living room. These are my own clothes. <laughs> like, I just really need to go shop. I really need to go shopping. That's the urge here. So, but a lot of people have, have reached out um, also to create a conversation around joy. 
because I think the, the concept of joy, we have the feeling that when we can, that joy is some sort of like high state of being, you know, we have to be in high places to be joyful. I really believe with knowing also where I come from and where I have been, that there's always a way of connecting with joy and not as a means to escape or to create something that's not real. You can really, you know, even if you're dealing with a lot of, you know, victim feelings or feeling that you're stuck or that you feel like, you know, you're really in a rut and you're like, you can't change your life or you might be in a complicated relationship that makes you feel stuck or unable to change. Still, if you are struggling with that, there is, first of all, there is a way to get out of that. And through that journey of changing things in your life, you can create joy and you can feel joy and you can inspire joy in yourself you know it's not about you have to first solve all the problems in the, in your life and the world and then you will come to a place of joy no you can create joy today no matter what your circumstances are and build on that and use it as a tool to improve your life oh it's a beautiful message and i i so agree and i just love 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 how you're continuing to share this project through your book how you're continuing to inspire people how you're using it now and your coaching. Um, you know, one of the things that I always love to celebrate, Manu, is when women share their story. You know, that's I'm so big on that. I That's so much about what this podcast is about, is just celebrating and showcasing how others are putting themselves out there to share their story, despite the fact that not everyone will always resonate. Like you said, you've had conversations with people that that did not get it. They did not get it. They got it. They were triggered by it. They saw it for something completely different than what your intention was, but that that was okay. It was still worth it to you to put yourself out there. I am curious um, what you would say has been the biggest thing that you've learned through the experience of of putting yourself out there and sharing your story this way, because I know a lot of women are still hesitant of doing that, thinking that it has to be perfect and not really sure, you know, what their story is and all kinds of things that I hear. But having done that, you put yourself out there, you've shared very openly. What have you learned from that experience of, of sharing your story this way? I think if I learned one thing, it, it was that I had the assumption that I had to solve certain things with myself and face certain, you know, solve my baggage and solve my insecurities and my fears. We all have, I do too. And I had the, the idea that I had to solve those first before I could step into really being myself out there in the world, on social media, on, on, or even just on the street in life with, my, with whomever. And because suddenly this project took flight and all my passion went into it, I realized that I was a total illusion. It was only the thing, the thought that I had to overcome things that was holding me back. But actually just bypassing all of that and putting myself out there was what did the trick. And I realized there's nothing to be afraid of because I'm already there. So I realized, and I see that with my clients as well, that, that, that you know, the fears that we have about really being ourselves. And that's, you know, putting yourself out there in such a career. I'm not asking everybody to like <laughs> do that or that that's just the standard. But really having the courage to be yourself is about stepping into it and doing it. And then you will, can still develop a relationship with the hesitation or the fear, but it changes completely because you overstepped. I so agree. It's in the doing. It's in the doing of putting yourself out there and sharing the story 
that you will actually benefit the most and learn the most. Yes. And get that confidence and clarity as you go. Be brave. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. We are going to link up all the things onto the podcast so that people can go and learn more about you, follow you. I'll share your Instagram handle as well as a link to the book, The Quarantine Queen, which my very own copy is on its way as we speak from Lebanon. I cannot wait. It's already on its way. I cannot wait. I'll be sharing it on social media once I get it. Um, I can't wait to flip through all of those photos and just be inspired all over again by what you created with this project. And I think it's just the perfect timing. I know it's more like a a photo book. It's a, you know, like a coffee table book. It's a, a great book to give as a gift. I think it's a great book to document this year, right? This year that we've been through, it's such a good um, documentation and um, sort of, you know, homage to 2020 in a weird way. Because 2020, I keep saying this on the podcast, I've done a lot of episodes here lately where, you know, sharing pieces of my own story and doing other interviews with people about what 2020 has done for them, because that's just where we are. It's what's relevant right now. And, you know, I keep hearing it over and over again. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. There were so many beautiful things that came out of it. So many, you know, relationships and ahas and pivots and you know, in your case, joy that really unfolded. And so to have this documented in your book. Yes. And I think, you know, if I think back, it's, I had families all over the world who were waiting and who would share that picture during dinner time with each other or during the day, like, did the picture come, did the picture come, you know, and just to imagine that somewhere in the world, there's people, there are people joining together as a family to to enjoy that moment that I created without the whole story around it, but just that picture. And I think that's that's what really inspired me as well, that it was such a different way in this strange year of connection, of disconnection, of reconnecting in different ways. It was an incredible way to connect with people. And it made so many amazing, it created so many amazing amazing dialogues and conversations with people that I've never talked to in, in so many countries and places. Yeah. Well, and this podcast right here is an example of that. You know, this is our second time interviewing and talking with each other. And before this, I did not know of Manu Hexford, had, did, didn't know you existed, didn't know where you lived. And here we are, you know, connected as a result. And, um, you know, I look, I don't know how or when or if it will happen, but I look forward to the day that we might actually get to meet in person and give each other a hug because I just feel such a connection. I think that we're kindred spirits and I love the way that you've shared so openly this experience and the story with other people. And I'm grateful that you could be on the show with us today to share this beautiful, beautiful story and your beautiful photos and your book with all of our listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you very much for having me and definitely looking forward to that moment. And that moment will come that we will see each other face to face and give each other a real hug. I can't wait. I can't wait. So you guys go check out Manu's work and definitely I'll link up the uh, place where you can go uh, look at her book and purchase her book and put that on your coffee table and let those let those photos spark joy in you. Let them spark the smile that it might incite or do like me and go create your own scene of practical imagination in your house or in your backyard or wherever you may go. 
such a joy to have you today. Thank you so much. And thank you all to the listeners for being with us today. I love you so much. And we will see you next time on the Inside Story podcast. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.